Welcome to what we hope will be episode 62 of Land the Plane Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Land the Plane Podcast. We hope. <laughs> this is Dustin. This is Jonathan. And after 61 episodes, you'd, you'd think the, the technical side of things would not be a problem. You know, and I don't know if the issues, it's, it's just. It's probably your fault. It's been a while or it's the tech guy's fault. You know, I don't, mm. I don't know. Um, maybe we should contact our tech guy. Yeah. And, you Probably know, need to pay him more. What do they call it? A come to Jesus meeting? <laughs> we got to have one of those with the, with the tech guy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that tech guy. Anyways, welcome back. We are excited to be with you. It's Christmas time. It is Christmas. Ho, 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 ho. That's my Santa Claus meets Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. Do you think about it? I mean, like, if you can see the beard and the red hat on Jabba the Hutt, that's how he would say it. He's like, oh, 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 oh. He'd give presents to all the little slugs in the world. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I hate that little. <laughs> that thing, you know? Oh, my gosh. Was, somebody just drove off the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I hate that thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, if you had to. But that job hang out with a job all the time. Well, yeah, you got to laugh about something. <laughs> but oh, 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 yeah, that was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was better than your joke earlier. What was my joke? Oh, my joke earlier. Yeah, I don't remember my joke earlier. Yeah, you do. The the knock knock. knock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You stole it. I know. <laughs> you stole it. Yeah, I listened to this quick, quick side story. We're doing a Christmas party for the kids, and we're supposed to tell a Christmas joke every once in a while. So I tell my knock-knock joke. It it rules the night. I mean, like, the kids applauded. <laughs> Not really. But it was like, I did it with a little group, because that's what we're supposed to do. Just keep our little jokes. I didn't have a little group. With a group. And so I do my knock-knock joke, and the next thing I know, I hear Jonathan say, I got a knock-knock joke, or whatever you said. And yeah. he was, you took my joke. I stole your joke. You just took it. And you did it like three times. So I had no joke. Yeah, you did. I was jokeless. Yeah. Whatever. You think the kids are going to fall for it whatever. two times? Whatever, whatever. Yes. <laughs> In oh. fact, I had one come up and tell it to me. Oh. That I had told. Are you sure I didn't tell him? I had told him, and then he came later and told me. Did you fall for it? I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just couldn't figure out a way to get out of it. Uh, don't answer the but, door, man. It's, it's, it's so pretty, easy. Don't. I mean, it's fun. They were having fun. I no, was yeah, having was fun. Time. We were all having fun. Yep. Yep. But fun, it is Christmas time. Fun times. We're going to ignore the fact that we haven't had a show in a while. We're just going to pretend like we've kept on rolling. Because <laughs> you, our faithful audience, are forgiving and loving just as and Jesus kind. would want you to be. Yes. And, you know, well, thank you for your understanding. <laughs> has been quite busy, though. We've had a lot going on, a lot going on in the world. But we wanted to make sure 
we got back to everyone before the holidays. I'm not going to make any promises when the next show will be. <laughs> good chance. I, I'm going to say 2022. Yeah, good chance it's after yeah. Christmas. Since this is the Christmas show. You know what else there is? There's Christmas trivia games. Christmas trivia! Which is what we're going to play right now. Yes, and we you're going to lose so bad. How am I going to lose? Even though you're the only one playing. So y'all know we have a tradition of playing some games. It's usually me, you know, throwing one at Jonathan to embarrass him and to yeah, show Trying him. to embarrass me. He's not quite as smart as y'all think he is. But, <laughs> but the, 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 the turntables have turned. <laughs> What's that? That's in uh, the office or something. It's like the turntables have turned. But uh, no, Jonathan's going to be asking yeah, the questions. I'm going to be asking the questions, and we're going to see how many of these Dustin can get right. The thing that people don't understand is I'm full of useless knowledge. <laughs> I don't have very much useful knowledge, but full of useless. Well, this should serve you well then. Oh. But I did go ahead and get, this is like trivia questions and answers for kids. Okay. So. Some people call me a kid still. Um. And these are easy, but what we're going to do is is I'm going to go fast. Speed round? It is total speed round. We're not having any more than one round. This is the only round. Speed round. Okay. For like, I don't know, a minute or something. Like how many questions? See like how many we can just get as through? As many as I can get through. Should, should we count? Like how many I get right? Yeah. Yeah, count how many you get right. I got to count? Why am I answering questions? I'm going to set a one-minute timer. How am I supposed one, to count? Is one minute good enough? I don't know. Depends on how I fast. You only, you only need 10 fingers, I'm sure. Well, you're only going to ask five questions. <laughs> I'm getting double points. All right. Let me see. Wait. I mean, we're going to go. Let's do a minute and a half. You want to do a minute and a half? Sure. All right. Minute and a half. Okay. I'm going to try to count. Take my shoes off so I can have my toes. All right. Are you going to tell me if I'm right or wrong? Like how quick do I have to answer? Like what? Well, like if I pause you too can, long, you can wait as long as you want. Okay. Just so, hit, just yell pass if you don't. So you if know, I, I get fewer questions, on to the next one. Yeah, okay. more many questions we can. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. If you get less than twenty, you get a pie in the face. What? All right. <laughs> Here we go. Ready, right. set, go. What color is Santa's suit? Red. What's what does Santa drive to deliver toys on Christmas Eve? A sleigh. Where does Santa Claus live? North Pole. How many reindeer pull Santa's sleigh? Eight. Who are the Santas, uh, including Rudolph? Well, nine. Okay, who are Santa's little helpers at the North Pole? The elves. Name all of Santa's reindeer. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, and Rudolph. Which one of these reindeers shares its name with another famous holiday character? Holiday character. Valentine. Vixen? Cupid. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what did Santa Claus need Rudolph to lead his sleigh that night? Why did he need him? Because it was foggy. Okay. How many times does Santa check his list to find out who's not even nice? He checks it twice. What are two other people, what are two other popular names for Santa Claus? Chris Kringle and St. Nick. What do some say that Santa Claus puts in kids' stockings if they misbehave? Cole. All right. Where does the kid see mommy kissing Santa Claus? Underneath the mistletoe. What soda company often uses Santa Claus in their Christmas Coca-Cola. In what country was St. Nicholas born? Turkey. Because what was Santa Claus's traditional English name? Um, uh, uh, Saint Nicholas. Father Nicholas. Christmas. Oh gosh! What is the Spanish name for Santa Claus? 
This got way harder. Yeah, got harder. <laughs> um, Santa Claus. All right, we'll move on down to movie <laughs> questions. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, who joined Rudolph on his adventure after he left the North Pole? The Hermie the Elf. Okay. Oh, was that only man, a minute and a half goes both so fast? I think I counted like thirteen. Is all I got right. Man, some of those were long answers. Long answers or long questions? Yeah. What? What do they call Santa Claus in Spanish? Uh, Papa Noel. How was I supposed <laughs> to know that? <laughs> I just got Felice Navidad in my head. And that's that's all I had. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that was those were pretty easy questions, and then they took a turn with yeah, where was he born or whatever? Yeah, I didn't know that either. I had no idea. Shoot, threw me for a loop. I wonder how many of the how many movie ones, like how many lots were on the Griswolds' house in Christmas Vacation? How many lots? Yeah, what does he say? Why is the number like? 13,000 in my head. 25,000. 25,000? Yeah. Twinkling little lots, and then they never twinkle. It never twinkle. The father-in-law points that out for him. <laughs> so I do want to know that you should know this. You should know this. Last question, even though time's out. Buddy the Elf sticks to the four main food groups. What are they? Is sugar one of them? Uh-uh. Okay. I know spaghetti is. Mm. No, it's not? Mm-mm. But he eats that same with the spaghetti in there. They, three out of the four have the word candy in them. Candy canes. Candy. Cotton candy? No, it's not Christmas. <laughs> it's what it's else? candy. Yeah, just regular candy. Candy canes. Candy canes. Candy corn. And syrup. Syrup, that's it. That's what yeah. goes on the spaghetti noodles. Yes, he put syrup on this. Yeah. I haven't watched Elf as many as much as some of the other ones. Like my all time favorite's Christmas Vacation. Like that's just the one I can't help. And I love I like we love the Jim Carrey Grinch. Yes. Really a big fan of that one. Yeah. We do watch Elf every we've been watching it every year. So. Oh yeah. You almost have to. So we're still it's a Christmas show. It's our Christmas time of year, but we're continuing on in the middle of a series that we're going. We don't want to jump ship. We want to keep this going, so we're going to get back to Joseph's story. And we uh, we left it in an interesting place. I remember the last show. It's been a bit. <laughs> but he was uh, dealing with uh, Potiphar's wife, correct? Well, I mean, he wasn't dealing with her. No. Well, he, was, he was dealing with some drama. He was dealing with some drama that she was creating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, he got uh, he got thrown in jail. Yeah, for doing nothing wrong. Doing nothing wrong. Yeah, that's where we're gonna pick up. And so I think the story it takes an interesting turn because um, it's just interesting how you run to it, run into in prison. I guess <laughs> not really prison per se, but like you know what I mean. So if you listen to the last show, you know what I mean. If you don't know what I mean, go back and listen to the last show. Yeah, go. That, that's basically chapter thirty nine. We're basically in chapter forty yep. this week, and uh, just we'll just go ahead and start it off. We're uh, so Joseph has ended up in jail, and I, I think we kind of mentioned last time this was again. This was he was basically kind of under house arrest, um, and uh, and Potiphar actually is the one 
who he is, he's still sort of in his house, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, different place. He, he's in part of the kind of the palace, the king's, kind of the king's prison. So anyway, chapter 40, starting in verse 1, sometime after all of this, so after this all happened, the cup bearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. I don't know why, but I just, I feel like tea and crumpets or something whenever I read that. It's like the cup bearer and the baker. Okay, so the cup bearer mm-hmm. basically like was there to protect Pharaoh, right? I mean, yeah. is that how you describe it? Like, yeah. Like he was there potentially to like, taste things he was he was the one that was going to drink the poison if there was any poison but it was it was a little bit more than that it was actually um good chance he was actually in charge of like the the vines the grapes the process of making the wine the like the whole deal like everything having to do with um you know anything to drink he was kind of in charge. So it was, it would have been, he would have been a high ranking official. And so it wasn't just that his only job was to walk in and wait, King, let me drink that for you. He was in charge of actually getting the drink to the King. And, and almost like being in charge of it, it kind of just put that responsibility. Like if you yeah. were in charge of it and you believed it this much, you should be able to drink and not have worries, you know, but, yeah. but maybe this is what happened. Cause it doesn't really tell us what happened. Maybe the baker, Made a sweet treat, like a cookie, a nice cookie. But whenever it was presented to the Pharaoh, Pharaoh was like, cupbearer, try the cookie. And the cupbearer tried the cookie and said, it's good. And then Pharaoh ate it and realized it was oatmeal raisin instead of chocolate chip. (laughs) And then Pharaoh was upset. (laughs) So the baker... Y'all, I'm so sorry. The baker... (laughs) And the cupbearer, boom, you're going to house going arrest. down. I mean, it's plausible. It's plausible. Okay, yeah, it's plausible. Maybe not a um, cookie. But also the that. baker, like, again, I always kind of think of cookies and baking, you know. But he he could have been char- in charge in a similar way to the cupbearer of actually the growing of the grains and create you know breads and all those kind of things so it was you know a much bigger job than just oh i bake little debbies you know that kind of thing i think it's safe to say though but dinner wasn't good it's something happened (laughs) yeah maybe he just got heartburn one night and was like it's those guys it's their fault um (laughs) but verse two and pharaoh was angry with his two officers the chief cupbearer and the chief baker and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. Refresher, who's the captain of the guard? Potiphar. Potiphar. In the prison where Joseph was confined, the captain of the guard, Potiphar, appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. So already Joseph has, has kind of, you know, we see here he's, He's grown. He's he's basically being put in charge of a lot of stuff that goes on again, and also again by Potiphar. Um, kind of leads us to believe that Potiphar might not have really believed his wife, but kind of had to do something, um, 
you know, in response to all of it. But mm. anyway, uh, let's go keep on going. Uh, verse 5, and one night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to him in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? Seems like a popular question that you might ask in prison a lot. Why are you (laughs) sad today? Oh, I don't know. I'm in prison. Let me think about it. Yeah, let me think. But anyway, he could tell there was something going on. And they said, we have had dreams and there was no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said, in my dream there was one, there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, the blossoms, blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. See, he was in charge of all this. Uh, Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, this is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. So basically he's saying, hey, in, uh, this is a good dream for you. In three days, uh, you're going to be gotten out of here, and you're going to get your old job back. So, booyah. Yeah. Good news. Good news. Real good news for him. So, and can I can I hit yeah. something? You and you may come back to this. Um, if I do, just tell me to be patient. Or if you do, just tell me to be patient. But I, I love how it goes back before he started interpreting the dream and listening to the dream. Um, he said, "Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me." And I love that sense of because this isn't the first dream he's interpreted. We remember back to before maybe he the was, first of other people's dreams. Yeah. So, um, but he he's quick to making sure before he even starts this process that he's not trying to take credit for what yeah. is fixing to happen. He's acknowledging God's role in it, and it actually belongs to him, and he's the one that does it. And now he's just a a, a vessel for this to happen, mm-hmm. pretty much. So I, I, just, I just like that fact that he's giving God the credit before there's even anything done. Yeah. Yeah, I, the way that's worded, it... It does sound um, kind of interesting. It's just you know, do not interpretations belong to God? Okay, tell me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also a God that they didn't believe in. Yeah. Like they didn't follow. It wasn't right. their God. Like of imagination. All right. So good dream. Uh, three days you'll be lifted up, and here we find that Joseph takes an opportunity, um, kind of to. <laughs> He takes an opportunity, and, and some commentators um, have kind of said that this might be one of those times where Joseph's faith kind of faltered, actually, a little bit, because he turns to a person to try to get him out of his situation. Um, I, you know, maybe, maybe not, but here's what here's what happens when Joseph realizes, hey, in this dream. You know, you got in three days. You're going to be, you're going to be, got, you're getting out of here. Um, and knowing that this official would be with Pharaoh, you know, and uh, all the time, and he would kind of have Pharaoh's ear. 
what better person to, to basically say, hey, man, can you do me a solid? Like, talk to Pharaoh for me. And so that's, that's kind of what Joseph asked him. He says, um, in verse 14, he says, Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do, do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. And we will come back to that last um, that verse 15. But I think it's funny that, not funny, but just um, kind of want to note that that he did kind of take this opportunity to say, hey, like, you know, can you name drop a little bit? Um, if Pharaoh asks about you, can you mention, you know, can you do me a, do me a favor, man? Um, what, what do you think about that? What do you think? I mean, obviously Joseph's intents, but or his intentions are to to get out of prison. Yeah, I guess when when I when I hear that, and this is this is where sometimes it gets a little interesting because he did just have that moment before this where he said, "I'll make sure this is God's." You know, this is God whose these interpretations belong to. So again, I'm just this vessel, but. I, I don't, it'd be hard for me just to say that he's all of a sudden turned away to his own plan, trying to get out of, um, trying to get out of prison. I mean, I don't blame him one bit for being tired of being under house arrest after all he's been through. You can't be upset the guy for wanting to be done with that. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know if I would look at it like as a, a character flaw or anything because I sometimes always wonder about what 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 happened around these moments that that's not recorded in the Bible. You know, like yeah. was there any other information that that he received from God as far as, you know, like I, you know, he 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 knew stuff was happening. I don't know if it's a big deal either way, like if it's really mm-hmm. did he do something majorly wrong? I don't think so. You know, I think he just was. He might have even been looking at it as a. God's given me this gift. This if you think yeah. if you think it's useful to to Pharaoh or anyone else, please let them know. You know, yeah. um, I would I would almost like a, I would like it to be more than than here and stuck in this house with, you know, the situation I'm in. I, have more to offer through my God, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think he could have totally viewed the situation as being like, hey, this is this is an opportunity, and, and, and obviously God gave me the ability to interpret dreams, so maybe he's using that as a way to help me get out of here, mm-hmm. right, you know, right now. Because um, sometimes so we I, have to tell people stuff. I mean, we have to say, this is, this is some of the things that maybe God's gifted me to do. I think you should know that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I want to use it. I have a desire to use what God's given me. Yeah. Use. Yeah. So I don't. I don't really. I, I don't really fault him for, you know, for for seeing an opportunity and going. Hey, maybe this is maybe this is an opportunity to to get out of here. All right. So let's move on to um to the to the baker, poor baker. Um, 
It says, uh, picking up in verse 16, when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. Um, <laughs> like, I wonder if he let the guy go first in case the dream was, you know, Joseph was like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> he could have like, okay, never mind. Um, but when he saw that it was favorable, he's like, ooh, me too, me too. Um, said, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh. But the, earth, the, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree. And the birds will eat the flesh from you. Ouch. <laughs> Didn't even soften him up or no. anything. Mm-mm. You know. Didn't even like give him one of those Hey. <laughs> this is this is a little more challenging, you know. Yeah. Um Let me hey, why don't you give me some time to think about this one? Maybe you might, uh, might want to three sit, days. You might want to sit down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, didn't even tell him to pull up a chair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, do you think? Do you think it's that just not everything is recorded, or do you think he he just kind of said it to him that way? I mean, that seems a little. I don't know. Is it just a cultural thing, or is that? I I don't know. I actually was thinking about it, like because the cupbearer and the. And the baker, they knew each other, right? It wasn't like they would be strangers from each other. They right. had to have some type of working relationship to some level, I would assume. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're there in prison together like, man, we made, we made the wrong cookies. <laughs> we really <laughs> messed this up. And we might die for it. I mean, they're, that's, that's got to yeah. be in their heads. Like, this is not a good situation. And then they have these dreams. Shows Joseph shows up. First guy's like, okay, tell me what it means. Just like good news, and you know the the baker over there is like, yes, man, you're we're back in. Like he's yeah. like, I'm, we're back, baby. I'm back too because I had a dream and it had three stuff in it too. <laughs> yeah, everything's the same. And um, no, Joseph's like, we'll lift up your head from you, yeah, <laughs> and hang you on a tree. And apparently that was kind of a a normal way for them to kill people back then is they would they would literally like cut their heads off and then they would just hang their bodies on a tree. Yeah. So and the birds would eat them or whatever. Well there but there had it's to like be this like of, fear leading up to it. And then this renewed sense of confidence I would assume after hearing the cupbearer's interpretation that he was probably like okay, I can I can hear this and then yeah. It went south. Now, I make jokes about it being cookies and stuff. It's something serious must have went down for for Pharaoh to be able to nah, Who knows? I mean, it's Pharaoh. He can do whatever. That's he true. Wants to. That's true. But, but yeah, it went. It, I, I, I don't know what was as far as like, I think, I think it was just very clear to Joseph that this is what's happening. And he's not going to sugarcoat it because when God tells you something and puts it there in front of him, I don't think Joseph's the kind of guy we've known from the past that he's going to tell what it is. Yeah, he's going he's, yeah, he's to blab. When he was his own dreams, he told what it was, and 
Obviously, people weren't going to like it. <laughs> but here he is telling another he joke. Makes, he, he makes me think of somebody who's just completely, like from a social standpoint, just has absolutely no social skills whatsoever. What was it called here in the country? Cooth? <laughs> yeah, you know, just no like... Cooth. Just like no idea how his words affect other people or something, you just know. Turn, just turn around, and walks off. And it's just like, oh, you're ugly. It doesn't expect that to bother anybody, you know. Yeah. And he just, so he just starts talking. Um, oh yeah, that's three days. Sorry, you're gonna die. <laughs> Next, you know. Um, but it it kind of does make me think. Um. I mean, he didn't even give the guy a bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> bless your heart. You're going to get yeah, hung it, a tree. <laughs> if it had been in the South, he'd have definitely got a bless your heart. Yeah. Oh, bless your heart. You're going to die. <laughs> um, but it does make me wonder. So, you know, we can argue that that maybe was a little too blunt. But what what's worse being too a little overly blunt or just withholding something from someone and, and you know in this instance i mean it wasn't really good news it wasn't going to help him out um but a lot of times i think we're faced with situations where we we know that somebody needs to hear some truth mm-hmm and maybe it's not going to be, you know, sunshine and rainbows or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to be received. It's not well. going to be received well. Maybe yeah. it's going to you know, because it might be some hard truth. But do does that you know does that mean that we don't speak it, or should we speak it? How do we speak it? Maybe not this bluntly. Um. But, I, you know, do we find ourselves in that situation? And, and maybe we should take a cue from Joseph here and, and just be like, Man, this is this is the truth, so I need to speak it. Well, I mean, I would think a, a place that that definitely is, is displayed a lot would be maybe in, like, the medical field. You know, some doctors aren't known for being very, very soft in their delivery of bad news sometimes. But you got to think if you're consistently doing that or you don't want to give I don't want to say false hope because I don't think that's the right word but you don't want to sugarcoat things or not really be straightforward and honest with somebody when it comes about something that serious you just got to be because people are going to be in denial uh, rip the band-aid off and and, and make it happen now I don't envy any of those people if you're a manager or something in a position and you have employees that work for you and and maybe one's not doing their job or tardy all the time or something like that. And you have to have a difficult conversation with them and maybe you don't want to, cause you know, they're going to react or there's, there's something more going on. I mean, you still tend to be hesitant, like, because maybe you don't want to create a hostile workplace or you don't want to chase somebody off or anything like that. But at the same time, if you don't hold them accountable, bring those, those things to light, there's not ever going to be an improvement. Right. Over it now. It's definitely not as severe as you're going to die in three days because yeah. Pharaoh's not happy with you. Yeah. But I mean, I just don't know how he would sugarcoat that. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, because there's nothing really that, that, like, nobody can do anything. It's not like the cupbearer or the, the baker could be like, all right, I'll never make those Hershey, you know, the cookies with the Hershey kiss in the middle of them again. Um, or what, you know, anything like He's not going to be able to change something, right. you know. But I don't know. I just keep coming back to, you know, how many times are there truths that maybe, maybe we do, and especially if it's from God. You know, in this situation, the interpretation of the dream was from God. And so do we sometimes walk into situations and it's like, I really need to have this conversation with this person for their own good. You know, there is good that can come from this, but we, but we don't want to, maybe because we don't, you know, we don't want to offend them. We don't want to make our uh, friendship or whatever, maybe a little weird. Maybe it's our boss or afraid of getting them, our, you know, losing our job. Maybe it's our, um, it's our spouse. And it's like, we don't want to, don't want to, you know, rock the boat, you know, those kind of things. I just wonder if we, I kind of think we probably are, are maybe scared of the truth a little bit or scared of the consequences of what might happen. And that I think that maybe is a terrible excuse. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if you have something you need to tell somebody else that's going to negatively affect their life, and you're afraid... Well, but what if overall it positively affects... Well, like, you know, if, the end you know game I mean? would be a positive. What I'm saying is, like, if, yeah. you, if you know it's going to be hurtful or challenging, I guess okay, is maybe yeah, the better yeah. way to put it, Yeah. and you withhold that because you're being selfish because you don't want to be the person who has to do it, then you you really are you're harming that person by not being straightforward and honest with them so they can have that end of end of the road positive gain and you're just being selfish because you're not willing to to do the hard task yeah in their life and it can happen for good things i remember uh growing up not growing up but when i was in my early 20s you still ain't grown up no but when i was in my early 20s after i had found jesus i had a friend well, my best friend he was my best friend and um uh, like I knew I needed to tell him about Jesus. Like I needed to ask the question, you know, have you given your life to Christ? Do you know Jesus that way? And I put it off time and time again because I was going through it, but I was so afraid that if I brought it up to him, he would reject me. Like, and it would potentially end our friendship. And because in other situations, it has ended a friendship. And so in that situation, I was like, I need to do it. I need to do it. I knew God was telling me to do it, but I was struggling. Man, I was struggling big time because I just didn't know what the outcome would be. When I finally did it, he was like, he said, I've been waiting for you to ask me that question for two years, hmm. you know, and we had a great conversation and all was good. And yeah. we were still, you know, great friends after that. But that's just, you know, sometimes we got to We, we got to bite the bullet and, and do some things we don't want to do or that makes us uncomfortable. But, I mean, that's what God said we're going to be doing. That's the kind of stuff we're going to be doing anyway. It's not all grins and giggles and you know rainbows and unicorns. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a challenging living this life. Yeah. And what you're gonna to have to do. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's worth it to just get, get things out on the table, get things, um, 
you know, when it, especially when it comes to now, if your intention, the intention has to be toward the other person. It can't be a selfish motivation, those kind of things. Yeah. If we're getting motivated by self, then probably just be best to keep our mouth shut. But uh, anyway, I, you know, that had to be a difficult conversation. Um, when, you know, when Joseph heard the interpretation, you know, he had to be like, oh, shoot. <laughs> like, what? Uh, I got, uh, I got to go mow the grass, you know, something. Um, but he, he, he stepped into the situation. So I, I think we can kind of take some, take some advice there. Well, um, well, and his, his intentions were clearly just to communicate what God had showed him. Yeah. He wasn't doing it out of spite for that person or what that person had been doing. Right. He had no previous beliefs. In that. And I think that's where we can go astray as individuals sometimes we just look at somebody and we decide what's right and wrong in their life and we just feel the need to tell them yeah oh yeah and it's not always biblical or it's not always uh, directed from god we just feel the need to either tell them how bad they are or that they're going to hell you know we 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 forget that the purpose of our conversation or interaction with them should be for the betterment of that individual and the betterment for their relationship with god yeah we forget that, and we make it about what we see and what we think and how we feel. Yeah. And if that's the attitude you're going with, you're just doing damage. In, in my in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Better to better to keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and intentions are can be a tricky little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we can we can kind of act like we have the best intentions, or even even I think sometimes fool ourselves into thinking that our intentions are noble when in fact they're, they're being, you know, we're being selfish. Um, so yeah, that's a, it's a tricky little thing, but speak the truth. Oh, it has to be the truth, but speak the truth in love for the, for the betterment of the other person. Um, and, and squash out, you know, try to detect and squash out any selfish motivations. We'll say do I nothing out of selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. I think yeah. is what the Bible says in James. Right? Yeah. I'm not I'm not like the one of the worst with saying exactly where it's from. But do not do anything out of selfish ambition, because that's that's what you'd be doing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um so you got the wonderful news of saying, uh, in three days Pharaoh will lift your head from you and hang you on a tree and the birds will eat the flesh from you. The Bible is pleasant. Okay. Verse 20, on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday. Huh. Oh, that was it. Birthday. Yeah, he didn't somebody, know what cake to make. He didn't know the theme. Some people have actually kind of conjectured that they actually got put in prison on his previous birthday. Like, they didn't pull the party off very well. So now it's like, okay, you've had a year to think about it. How big of a party are you going to throw me? I don't know. Anyway. Um, they so, were planning a, a G.I. Joe-themed birthday, <laughs> and Pharaoh got wind, and he wanted a Masters of the Universe-themed because it's superior. Yeah. That, that had to be it. <laughs> Clearly. Verse 20. Clearly. <laughs> Which was Pharaoh's birthday. He made a feast for all his servants. That's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, it was his birthday, but he made a feast for all of his servants. 
I mean, I'm sure they're the ones that had to put on the face, but anyway. And lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Well, boo. It's, First of all, do you think Pharaoh's intentions to have the birthday party, a feast for his servants, were honorable? Or do you think it was the, you're fixing to see how I operate. Don't mess up, servants. <laughs> oh, making sure they were there and watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. This guy did did wrong, but not so bad, I guess. I don't I don't know if he ever had a conversation with him and felt the guy was sorry or uh, who knows. But he decided not to to kill him. But the other guy, maybe yeah. did he want his servants to see that? You know, to say mm. this is who, this is who I am. I don't know. It just seems a little a little questionable for me. Yeah, kind of wonder how that all went down. I mean, you know. That would be one of those, if you could jump in a time machine, go back and be kind of fly on the wall and learn. Like the the baker was there. He was like, please be wrong, please be wrong. Please yeah. Be wrong. And then all of a sudden the cupbearer, he's like, cupbearer, you're back. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, shoot. This is not going to happen. This is not going to go well. Well, I shouldn't make jokes about it, but yeah. I'm, just, I'm just picturing I mean, how I mean, it, it would go down. He's been dead for a long time. Yeah, picture how it go down if I was yeah. in the in the in the situation. Like, need a moment. I mean, because you can do whatever to Pharaoh at that point, right? Like it's free reign. Yeah. Like, hey, Pharaoh, I got some words for you. Hoping that they could kill him a little quicker. I gave you some stale bread. Take <laughs> that. I hope they cake molds. I dropped it on the floor. <laughs> and I still gave it to you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just imagining that moment in my head. This goes right. so different. So, uh, the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but for God him. Um, so, here we go. Uh, and I'm actually going to read the the first tad bit of the next chapter, first uh, chapter 41. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed dot, dot, dot. Those dot, dot, dots aren't in there, but that's the dot, dot, dot for the next episode. Um, Joseph was in prison for two more years after these events. And so he was there for a while. And then the cupbearer and the baker got put in, and they were there for a while. And then two more years pass. Blah. Yeah, that's not the most uh, pleasant thought. Yeah, sure. I mean, in my Bible, I just had to pay, turn like one page. And you go from his brothers throwing him in a pit to. Two year time jump. Yeah, <laughs> or, I mean, it's. I mean, you go across a decade in. Yeah. You know, just a couple of chapters, and I and I think that's one of those things that we have to be careful of when we're reading the Bible, 
um, is that it's it's kind of in fast forward. You know, um, we can read something, and if we don't notice time change, if we don't, you know, and really put ourselves in it. I mean, like two years ago, we didn't know what COVID was. Yeah. It's not even been two years. And Joseph was in prison. I, I'm at least, I would say, three to four. I, I should have looked at the time. I've not got a timeline right here with me. But obviously he was in Potiphar's house for a while, you know, and most of that was okay. But we're talking years here. And I think we get lost in that um, unless we kind of stop and think back, okay, what was two years ago? What was three years ago? What was four years ago? And just think, Joseph has done nothing wrong, and yet he went from really being in the best place that he could be as kind of the favorite of his dad's um, to now being in prison in a totally different country, foreign country. You know, I mean, it, it, I don't think we kind of get the, how big that is. Um, So, I mean, it does remind us that God is patient. Like he's not, Pedal to the metal with everything, you know. It's yeah, you're 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 gonna have to grow through some things. Yeah, and that was actually the kind of the first thing um, I was gonna point out, just that that we need to be is is patient, kind of with God's timeline instead of ours, um, because we're we're definitely a microwave society. We want things now. We we don't want to wait on anything. Um, man alive, Amazon can't deliver something in two days. I'm going to have to wait four days on my package. Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, that's kind of where we're at now. Um, and I know the last year, 18 months, whatever, I mean, we, we've had to go through some stuff, but I mean, as far as waiting kind of things, I mean, and I'm not, Please, not, I'm not saying um, those that have gotten sick and died and all those kind of things are nothing. I'm saying from a consumer standpoint, just, oh, I tried to go buy something and they didn't have it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how much of that stuff have, have we gotten really hacked off about just because we're not patient, Yeah, you know? Um, but yet we look at this in the Bible and we just read through it and it's like, oh yeah, just God had plans for Joseph, all these great things for Joseph. Look how things are working out for Joseph. I mean, yeah, he, he had to hang out in prison for a little while, but I mean, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. Wait, it was, it was, it was years, you know? Um, so Maybe let's talk a little bit about why. You know, why didn't God just wait for a little bit and then some kind of miraculous way put Joseph where he's going to end up being ultimately? Why is he having to go through all this waiting time? 
why is he having to, you know, maybe be in prison for years, working Potiphar's house for years, what, whatever. Why not just fast forward? I think it just takes away the learning process. I mean, we may want results and we may seek results really quickly, but until we um, spend a significant amount of time with something, I don't think we're learning. I don't think our character is developing and evolving the way it should. So, I mean, if we're constantly be given answers quickly or on, on some type of expected timeline, I mean, that's what's happening. Like, I think in the industry I, I work in, um, the banking industry, not, you know, 20 years. Money, money, money. Yeah. Well, 20 years ago, it was your responsibility as a person to keep up with your balance. So you knew how much money you have. Well, that's not an expectation anymore. Like, the expectation now is that you keep up with my balance and you tell me how much money I have. Well, that developed and it would be like two or three days sometimes. But now that expectation is as soon as I swipe my card, I want to reflect on my mobile app to tell me exactly how much money I have. And if it doesn't, I'm upset. And I'm not saying that because if you have that feeling, you're wrong about it. I, I get frustrated with things too. What I'm saying is that's how it's evolved. That's how society is continuing to evolve. And when you continue to be given stuff right away and there is no expectation of waiting and learning and doing stuff for yourself, I just don't think you're, I don't think you are learning. I think you're just becoming entitled, becoming entitled or just remaining the same. There's no, where's the character development comes yeah, from? Where does, growth? yeah, where does turning in from, the selfish person into a unselfish person. How does that even develop or growth if we don't have time or, or knowledge or experience to develop that? Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the biggest reasons. I honestly don't believe that Joseph was, was fully ready to go before. Yeah. I mean, well, here's maybe that's why they even brings this up. Here was, here was uh, Joseph saying, Hey, remember me, maybe help me get out of prison. And then later the cupbearer, or the uh, yeah the cupbearer forgot him. Well, and then Joseph was in was still in prison for two more years. Maybe it wasn't time for Joseph to get out. Yeah. Because he maybe he still had a little bit too much of that. Help me get out of here. That he yeah. still had to learn and develop. And maybe two years later he understood that better. I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm just shooting in the dark here. But um, there's there's just so much value in. And learning and edge. I don't like it either. <laughs> like all the time. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, I think it's um I think a lot of it was about kind of preparing him preparing him for what was coming, you know. And and that it would be a um well, uh, Warren Wiersbe kind of puts it this way. He said the, the prison would be a school where Joseph would learn to wait on the Lord until it was time to vindicate him and fulfill his dreams. You know, and it, I mean, Joseph had those dreams. You, you got to think when the cupbearer and the baker came and was like, hey, these are our dreams, you know, and he was interpreting those. You got to know he was going, I've had dreams too. 
And did he, did he still believe in those dreams? You know, did he still believe that one day his brothers would bow down to him? Would he still, was he still believing that those were, um, dreams to be hung on to as far as like, this is what God has for me. Um, but, uh, but he, he makes an interesting point here. Uh, Warren Wiersbe does. He says he would he would learn Joseph would learn that God's delays are not God's denials. It's like man, that's a cool kind of a cool phrase. Yeah, that's a great way to word it's it. A, it's a delay. It doesn't mean that it's a denial. You know, um, and so I, I do think Joseph had some things. One, he had th- some things to learn. Um, Two, he just had to be in the right place and then kind of wait for some things to go down. I mean, you know, the big thing that he would that he saved the people from was the famine. And obviously the famine wasn't there yet, you know. And I kind of think, I, I feel like sometimes we need to look and see, um, like we get very self-focused and... And think about okay, we're I'm here, like I'm here. I'm in this situation. I don't want to be in this situation. God, where's your salvation? Where's your you know? When's my dream coming through? Coming true? When's you know? When am I getting out of this? Whatever. Um, but I think if like, what if we could pull back and look at our life and how it intersects with other people's lives people that we work with, people that we go to school with people, you know, all those kind of things, um, church and, and all that, uh, even our kids, what if we could kind of pull back and, and instead of just looking at our own lives, look at it as a network of all these lives inter- intertwining, almost like even to the point of like a chess board or something, you know, like if you're playing chess, you're, you're already thinking multiple moves ahead, but you got to position your pieces, right? Mm. You, you got to put them in the right place. And I might move, um, you know, a, a whatever. I might move a rook over here and it's just sitting there. And I might not touch it for another five, six, eight moves, but it's like I wanted that sucker right there. And here pretty soon, I'll get you used, but you gotta you gotta wait. I'm still positioning my pieces, um, and so I, it's almost like we could probably, in the middle of these kind of things, ask God um, instead of like, "Why am I here?" or "What do you do?" You know that kind of thing. I must be like, "Hey God, what are you planning?" Mm-hmm. You know, what are you planning? And I wonder if that might help our perspective of the situation of, of helping us to see this isn't just about me. It's not just about even the next six months, nine months, year, two years, but, but God, like in the grand scheme of things, what are you planning that I can be a part of, you know? Um, and maybe too, um, God, what, what are you teaching me? What do I need to learn to take part in whatever you're planning? You know, don't just sit around and wait on God, but like take an active role in that whole, what do I need to be doing right now to learn the lesson that you've got for me while you're still planning things and preparing things and, you know, all that kind of thing. 
instead of just looking at our situation and being like, well, this stinks, I'm in prison. You know, pity party, whatever. Yeah, to to me, I like to assign value to things, and a lot of times we associate money with value because it's easy because, you know, you can you can actually label it completely. Yeah. But, like, if, if somebody came to you and said, you know, Jonathan, if you can just, if for, over the next five years, you can take the next five That's years. Yeah, you can take the next five years off, and I'll give you $75,000 a year. And you don't have to do anything. You can just hang out for the next five years. Or if you just work hard, continue to do what you're doing for the next five years, continue to develop, I'll give you, like, $2 million in five years. Like, I would hope I'd be willing to wait the five years and get $2 million, you know, because that, that, that value at the end is so much more than what you'd get right away. Yeah. And I just kind of equate that a little bit with, with the idea of sometimes we want instant answers. We want instant resolutions, but the value there is not, may not be very high in the big scheme of the world. But if we're willing to wait and willing to see what God has for us on that journey, then at the end of the day, it's so much more valuable. Yeah. You know, we have trouble labeling it that because we don't see the zeros and the commas and stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, and sometimes we don't. It's actually funny when we were doing work with the kids tonight. It was a loud, crazy night. It was a Christmas party, you know? Kids were fired up, sugar, games, songs. And afterwards, my, my 18-year-old son's like, so I'm supposed to feel like I did a good thing? <laughs> like, like, when am I supposed to feel the joy of servanthood, you know? And I'm like... I don't know, one day you will, maybe 20 years from now, I don't know. Yeah. But like he, because it was so crazy in the moment, he had trouble seeing, you know, how did this pay off for these kids? Like what was the impact? Yeah. Um, it was really just because he was Where was the time. return on this investment? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and one day it may show up, you know, and yeah. uh, it's just funny. And and he was saying it in jest and having a good time with it. But I mean, that's what I think about when, when God's calling us to, to wait, be patient, understanding. I don't like it all the time, but I ain't stretch of the imagination. I pretty much never do. Yeah, I'm not the most patient person. It's no. a, a hard lesson. Like, you know, I get a headache and I'm like praying 30 seconds in. <laughs> God, take this thorn out of my side. You know, why have you burdened me I with have a headache? suffered for an eternity <laughs> or maybe seven minutes. I cannot handle much more. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's always been gracious and fulfilling Yeah, what he's going to do. So, yeah, here's another verse from, uh, from James. You had, you had mentioned James earlier, um, and talking about kind of this patience and patiently waiting and, and those kind of things. It says, uh, my brothers count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Um, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Um, it's interesting that it's that 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 it, you, your testing of your faith produces the patience, and patience, its perfect work is completeness. You know, mm-hmm. it's an it's an interesting kind of a kind of a concept to think about. Um, that it's not overnight. It it's patience and and working on um, letting God work on you, letting God smooth down the edges, letting God you know build us up in the right places, all those kind of things. 
and it, it takes patience. And so hang in there, you know, endure it. God's got something for you. Just wait on it. Um, for some reason, that, that whole kind of the waiting type thing is, has been uh, very, I don't know. I, I think we've, uh, my family has kind of lived that for a, a few years now. Um, that whole phrase has been kind of the tip of the tongue on the tip of our tongues for, for a few years. Um, there's a song out now, right, right now. Have you heard it? It's uh, Wait On You. I'm going to wait on you. Um, the middle part of it says, um, I've tasted your goodness and I trust in your promises. And so I'm going to wait on you. And it's like, man, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. And, and you know, if we have truly tasted his goodness, if we truly know how good God is and we can truly trust his promises, then it's not really a big deal to wait on him. Yeah. You know? It's like if I know I've got, you know, like that 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 2 million bucks coming to me in 5 years. I can do that. You know? I can wait on that. Well, God's got so much more for us yeah. than, you know, than that. So we can we can wait on him. Um even even when we're going through going through some cruddy cruddy things or things that we just don't understand, things that we that we wish would be, get better. Um, and I know holidays can be um, can be a difficult time for folks. Um, so, you know, maybe you're going through the holiday season and you just want to get to January as fast as you can and just, you know, start over. Um, maybe take the time this year to, to, to just wait on God. And yeah. to and to um, listen for him, see what he's got for you, and uh, and kind of walk through this time, kind of patiently expecting him um, to to deliver on his promises. I think you may just land the plane, John. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So that's tonight's show. Yep. So we know we're not going to be arrogant or liars and say we'll be back before christmas because we won't <laughs> so yeah we, probably not gonna happen we wish you all a very very merry christmas and um just hope that you in 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 a world right now that probably is full of impatience and um struggle with everything that's going on we pray that you do um, find your peace and joy in Jesus and the holiday and Christmas and remembering what it's all about and the greatest gift we've been given, um, Jesus Christ himself. And just say Merry Christmas and we wish the best for you and yours. And I think that that, that brings us through the end of the year. And and uh, we will be talking to you January. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I said that was a question mark. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the plan. But we'll uh, we'll get back to it as soon as as as, it, as we can. So we do have a great heart and desire to do this. We enjoy it so much, and we get to love what what uh, God's done with it. It's just um, we're gonna we have to wait on God sometimes <laughs> to get those right moments. So all right, well let's 
wrap this pupper up and get out of here. Let's do it. I'm good. I'm good. We don't need to share anything else. All right. Merry Christmas, Jonathan. Hit the meet. Hey, Merry Christmas, Dustin. What'd you Happy get? New Year. What'd you give me? <laughs> I got you the same thing I did last year, just different color. All right. Yeah. Nothing. I'm getting nothing for Christmas.